Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. Um, on this week's episode, another week of the NBA has gone by. Another week has uh, come upon us, and there is a different um, look to the standings. And so on um, this week's episode, um, we are going to be looking at um, the standings, how teams are doing, and basically everything that's going on right now in the NBA, all of the different situations. Um, and then um, we're going to be looking at those teams near the bottom and basically looking at where they can improve or if they should even improve at all or just get rid of their good players and move on. And so we're going to start um, right with uh, that. So, yes, ESPN standings have uh, the Boston Celtics at uh, the top spot. They have 10 wins and 2 losses. Um, they are uh, number one in the Eastern Conference. Um, they are um, looking at uh, a very, very good um, uh, season so far. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Their record is um, second in the whole NBA behind the Los Angeles Lakers. They are um, killing it this season. Um, they are getting production from pretty much all of their guys um, at the top who should be killing it. Um, Jason Tatum is giving them a lot of help. Jalen Brown is doing better than expected. They are getting help from Kemba who was their big off-season acquisition. They look better and more, you know, put together as a team. They don't look like a mess of, you know, straggling players um, like they did last year. You know, I think this season with Kyrie Irving gone, um, it gave Tatum and Brown more of a commitment um, and an assurance that they're the future of this team. And um, when they brought in Kemba Walker, it seemed like he was a complimentary piece um, not a, you know, number one in that sense, even though he is the best player. I feel like for Kemba and for the Celtics, it feels like he is right alongside Tatum and Brown and is there uh, through it all. And he doesn't seem like he is, like, the top person, and he doesn't have this sort of Kyrie Irving, you know, attitude of, I'm number one, I'm the best, I need to be treated that way. So the Celtics um, are looking good. Gordon Hayward's out for six weeks, but... Prior to his injury, he was uh, lights out from three and lights out from the field. He was playing at a better percentage than he did the year before. And, and I think Gordon Hayward had a uh, Paul George situation where he was... Uh, Paul George was injured out for a season, came back shaky, and then the next season was, you know, back to him old self. And I think Gordon Hayward, at least before this uh, recent injury, had that same trajectory where he was out for a year, he came back kind of figuring out if he was going to be 100%, and then this season now he's got a year of basketball under his belt, he's a lot better. So um, Celtics just look good, and they're getting production all around, and they're um, deservingly the best team in the Eastern Conference by uh, that uh, situation. Then we have um, in uh, second place and third place here with the same record, Miami and Milwaukee. Miami is... Um, rejuvenated uh having jimmy butler on their roster has made things so much better for them um he is their best player and by a long shot they have bam Adebayo who has stepped up in the absence of hassan whiteside getting traded uh you have tyler hero who's a pretty good draft choice um so far not the greatest but 
He's averaging like 13, 14 points a game, so not bad out of him. You're getting production from guys like Kendrick Nunn and from guys like Justice Winslow. And uh, Deion Waiters is uh, helping out. And so um, right now Miami is looking um, as good as they can be. And they're in second place, um, and they're killing it. And they just look a lot better than they did last year. Then we have Milwaukee here. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks have, um, uh, they're right now tied, I guess, for second, third place, um, same record. And um, I think um, it's taking them a slower start. Um, I think losing Brogdon is a big thing, but it's not going to cripple them completely. I think um, they're still going to be okay um, moving forward. They added Kyle Korver and Wesley Matthews and uh, Robin Lopez, all of which um, are going to be great uh, players um, helping you down the stretch with veteran uh, help. You got uh, Eric Bledsoe, who is uh, playing some great basketball, and you have Giannis, obviously, who is the MVP candidate uh, and was an MVP last year. You have um, Chris Middleton, who is um, a big contract and a great player. So Milwaukee, a uh, slower start, but I think they're looking very good um, going forward. Then we have Toronto here. Um, they are in fourth place. Um, and looking at their um, situation, um, they're not uh, stepping off the gas at all. And so the funniest thing to me is that or I guess it's more of an insane thing to think about, is that the Toronto Raptors were with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green last year, and this year they're just as good. Um, so uh, they were playing uh, Excelsior basketball last year, and they're playing it now, getting help from guys like Marcus Gasol and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Serge Ibaka, Patrick, uh, or sorry, uh, Kyle Lowry, um, OG Ananubi came back from injury very well. They have Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet, and Pascal Siakam, who is um, their number one, has stepped up to the plate and hit a home run um, this season so far. Um, with Kawhi Leonard gone, that role of superstar number one option has been given to Pascal Siakam, and uh, he's been taking it very well, um, and Toronto is in fourth place. Then we have Philadelphia here in fifth place, and Philadelphia, in my opinion, has the best starting lineup with... Um, Ben Simmons, and then Josh Richardson, and then Tobias Harris, and then Al Horford, and then you have um, Joel Embiid. And so their roster actually has nobody on it in the starting lineup who is an actual, you know, guard. Um, you have Ben Simmons, who is a forward playing point guard. Josh Richardson's a small forward. And then you have Tobias Harris, who played power forward last year. Now he's playing small forward. Then Al Horford and Joel Embiid down low. So... Um, I guess the one knock I have on uh, Philadelphia is they don't have a lot of guards, and so their traditional guard positions are being played by, you know, wings. And so, um, yeah, Philadelphia is still a good team. Their bench is lacking, and so I think maybe down the stretch that'll be something that hurts them because if you look at Miami, they have a pretty good bench. Um, Milwaukee's got a good bench. Uh, Toronto does. The Celtics do. Um, Philadelphia's bench is... Um, not as good, and so um, for the 76ers, that could be an issue down the line, but they're good, they're going to be good, and uh, one of the best in the East. Then we have the Indiana Pacers here in sixth place, and the Indiana Pacers, one of the things about Indiana that makes them so good is adding Malcolm Brogdon to a roster and adding so many other pieces and subtracting the pieces from last year, so they basically took away 
Thaddeus Young, who now plays in Chicago, Darren Collison, who retired, and Tariq Evans, who is uh, out of the league for um, his suspension. And then you put in TJ Warren, you put in Malcolm Brogdon, you put in Jeremy Lamb. So you basically upgraded in every single um, one of those positions. And so you still have Miles Turner, you still have Sabonis. Um, I think the one knock on Phil, uh, Indiana, in my opinion, is that they have two centers down low in Sabonis and um, Turner. And I think having a traditional four might be better suited for Indiana or having a wing who can play the four. Because I don't think having two big men of that caliber in your starting lineup really makes a lot of sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Turner or Sabonis gets moved down the line for um, maybe someone who is a bit more of a four than a five. Then I think that is uh, a good situation for um, their team. But they're looking good. They're having a good season. And it all starts um, from the top. So yeah, they're looking uh, good. Then we have uh, at number seven, Orlando. And... Orlando is um, sitting right there. Um, it's fluctuated between Cleveland, Brooklyn, um, Charlotte, and Orlando um, in terms of 7, 8, 9, 10. Right now, we have Orlando sitting there. Um, and Orlando has as good of a roster um, as anyone with the additions um, they've made over the last few years. Their draft picks, Aaron Gordon and uh, Vucevic are their two best players. They have Terrence Ross, who is a good player. Jonathan Isaac, who is a great player. Fultz, um, it is actually surprising everyone. He's averaging 10 points um, this season. His last game, he had 19. Um, so he's surprising um, a lot of people, and he is uh, doing it uh, very well. They have Mo Bamba, who is um, a draft pick. From a few years ago, he was the number six overall pick. And um, G.J. Augustine um, as well. Um, And so they're looking good. They have a good team. Um, And I really think, you know, they're working out. um, And they're uh, playing some great basketball. And then we have number eight, the surprise, Charlotte Hornets. So the Hornets have surprised um, a lot of people so far. And they've been getting production from... Um, some young guys, some new guys, um, production from guys like Miles Bridges, uh, Devontae Graham. He's averaging 18 points and 7 assists, um, surprisingly, off the bench. You have Malik Monk, you have Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, Cody Zeller. Terry Rozier was the guy they uh, brought in, um, and I think, you know, Devontae Graham's having a better season so far, um, at least points-wise, than uh, Rozier. But they're both good, and um, I don't know how much longer Charlotte can sustain this sort of uh, play, but I think it uh, is something that realistically, you know, it could uh, go on for a while now. And so give credit to James Borrego for what he's done keeping this team in the playoff race in the early going. Uh, Then we have Brooklyn, who is behind them, Cleveland, Chicago, um, Detroit, Atlanta, uh, Washington and the New York Knicks, who are sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference with a three and ten record. Their uh, team, not that good. Their team has a lot of issues, um, and it's going 
up and down the ladder. So James Dolan's terrible at his job and shouldn't be the owner. Um, and the New York Knicks are such a big franchise that you could get anyone in there and they'll do a better job than Dolan. Um, it wouldn't be hard to sell that team, but I don't think he will. You have Steve Mills, Scott Perry, who are terrible at their jobs and should not be in their positions. You um, look at how what they've actually done um, in their time here on this team. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been that much. Um, and you look at um, how long those guys have been with uh, the team. Steve Mills has been there since um, 2013. Um, um, and then you have um, Scott Perry, um, who has been there um, since, like, the same thing around, um, you know, 2017. Um, so both of those guys have just been um, there for uh, longer than they should be. Then you have the mistakes they made involving the Porzingis trade, not getting free agents, um, and so basically, the New York Knicks took what was supposed to be Kyrie and Durant and turned it into, um, you know, Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington and Taj Gibson and Marcus Morris and Alfred Payton and Bobby Portis and Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr. And all. that's pretty much it. You know, they're just not good. And the Knicks will never be good. And as an NBA fan, you it's sad to see the Knicks this way because... You know, they were at one point a playoff team not too long ago, but now it seems like they are far from it. So the New York Knicks have their issues, they have their problems, and, you know, they are are not that good. So New York Knicks uh, are in last place in the East. Flipping to the Western Conference here, we have uh, the best team in basketball, the Los Angeles Lakers, with an 11-2 record. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers have um, the best uh, two-player, one-two punch in the NBA right now with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They also have um, guys like Avery Bradley, KCP, uh, Quinn Cook. They have um, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. All of these guys are giving them production, um, and most of those guys are minimum contracts. Um, if Iguodala ends up getting released, that's where he's going, Los Angeles. But you look at the Lakers, you look at, you know, what they have, um, and it's not uh, that bad. I mean, I think their method of uh, sustainability might not last long term, but in the short term, which it seems like all the Lakers care about, they're very, very good, and they could be the best team uh, going into the playoffs. They're playing lights-out basketball. Then we have second place Houston Rockets, and Houston Rockets basically are getting it done on all sides of the floor. Um, and they have a great point guard in uh, James Harden. They have Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, and Eric Gordon, and uh, Gerald Green, and um, so many great pieces. Um, Houston's a little strapped in terms of their salary cap space, but, uh, I mean, trading Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul... Um, and, you know, all you had to give up was a couple of draft picks to go along with it. Russell Westbrook is far and away better than Chris Paul at this point uh, in both of their careers. Um, so it was a good trade, and Houston's uh, playing their best basketball. I think it might not sustain because of the fact that James Harden and Russell Westbrook need the ball in their hands at all times. But I think eventually um, it'll 
even itself out, and they'll still be, you know, near the top of the Western Conference. Uh, second place, I don't know. We'll see. Then we have the Denver Nuggets, uh, and Denver has probably one of the best teams top to bottom in terms of their starting lineup and their bench. Um, they are getting production from players like Will Barton, and uh, they're getting production from uh, Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris, uh, Hernan Gomez. Obviously, their superstar is Nikola Jokic. They're getting help from Paul Millsap, Bonte Morris, Jamal Murray, um, and um, you know Michael Porter Jr., has had his injury uh, issues, and he hasn't really looked like, you know, the premier um, small forward they were hoping for. But um, I think once he gets back into full form, we could see um, him be a big uh, piece in this Denver Nuggets roster. I think their one uh, knock would be they don't have a ton of wings, and I think if they could go out and get one, they'd be in, you know, much better shape. But for the time being, I think this works, and um, right now they're in third place. And then in fourth place, we have the Utah Jazz, who, adding two big additions, Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovich, help. Uh, Bogdanovich is averaging close to 20 points a game, and Mike Conley is a veteran presence who can help Donovan Mitchell become his best self. And you have a leader, you have a point guard who is a leader. He might not be getting you 20 points a game, but he'll be getting you, you know, the facilitation on the floor that you need. He'll be helping with pick and rolls. He is, you know, an all-star level point guard of uh, the last couple of years. Um, and while his career has kind of dipped a little bit, he's still a good player. And, you know, he has the basketball IQ and the intangibles that um, a lot of these young guys, they're going to learn from. So I think he's going to help um, Utah more so in those areas than actually, you know, producing on the basketball court, scoring, you know, assists, rebounds, etc. So they are in fourth place. Then we have our surprise of the Western Conference, Phoenix Suns. So Phoenix, um, their roster is made up of great players all around. So they have um, Aaron Baines, who is giving them a surprising 15 and 6 rebounds uh, this season. You got Devin Booker, who is um, their best player. Mikhail Bridges is a young guy. They have Ty Jerome, who's a young guy. Cameron Johnson, who's a young guy. Uh, Frank Kaminsky is giving them help off the bench. They have um, Kelly Oubre, who's averaging, um, you know, over uh, 16 points a game. You have um, Ricky Rubio, who is giving you who is giving you great numbers. Uh, Saric is there, um, giving you um, what he should be. And so Phoenix is playing a lot better than they are uh, doing last year at this time. Um, and things are working in their favor. And I, I like uh, the way that the Phoenix Suns are playing basketball. Then we have the Los Angeles Clippers, who are off to a um, less than perfect start. But they're in sixth place. Um, and uh, Paul George is hurt. Um, and he hasn't been playing um, this year as much. Um, he basically um, came back on um, the 14th of November and has been playing up until that point or up after that point, um, and so they're going to start to get him back into the swing of things. Patrick Beverly's there helping out Jermichael Green, Maurice Harkless, Montrez Harrell. They have Kawhi Leonard, obviously, who's their best player. Um, Rodney Magruder, uh, Landry Shamet, Lou Williams, Ivan Zubac. So the Clippers, um, they look um, like a formidable NBA franchise top to bottom with some great starters, some great role players, and a great coach. I think... 
the Clippers have one of the greatest coaches in the NBA and one of the greatest front offices in the NBA. Um, then we have the seven seed, the Dallas Mavericks, who are seven and five. Um, and looking at their team, um, they're getting it done with Luka, and they're getting it done with Porzingis. Now, uh, Luka is playing at an MVP uh, level. He's averaging 28 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. And looking at his last few games, um, he has had um, two triple-doubles, and he has had four um, of those games where he had over uh, 10 rebounds to go with over 20 points. Um, and he is just getting it done on all ends. Um, and then Porzingis, uh, who is coming back from an injury, he's averaging 18 points and 8 rebounds his last game he had 20 points 15 rebounds the game before that 20 points 11 rebounds and so Porzingis is playing great uh Doncic is playing great and they're just looking uh, a lot better and so you got to give credit to Dallas um Rick Carlisle knows how to coach international players and Mark Cuban knows how to get the right international players on your team and so Dallas is slowly you know making moves in the NBA and then we have the number um Eight seed here, uh, and that is um, Minnesota. Minnesota is sitting there um, in eighth with um, a lot of great players. Um, they have Robert Covington, who is giving them um, good production, 12 points, 5 rebounds um, a game this season. They're getting production from uh, Josh Okogie. Um, they're getting production from Jared Culver. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is obviously their best player. And surprising numbers from Andrew Wiggins, 25 points, 5 rebounds a game. He is getting it done. Um, I don't know if Minnesota can sustain this uh, playoff push, but I think they definitely have um, you know, what it takes, at least uh, in my eyes. So um, I can expect them uh, to be one of the best teams um, in the NBA and potentially make the playoffs when it's all said and done this season. And so, um, yeah, Minnesota's in eighth place. Then we have a bunch of uh, teams in the Western Conference who um, should be in the playoffs, but they aren't. Portland, San Antonio, Golden State. Uh, Portland is um, near the bottom. Um, they just signed Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo is um, going to help them at the wing. Portland needs one more piece, and I think they'll be good to go, but I think they're lacking in the big man spot. I think um, they need a, foul, a forward and a center. Then you have San Antonio, who they just look a mess. Um, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are great, but besides that, who else do they have? Um, DeJounte Murray's okay. Derek White's okay. But other than that, they're just an average team. But I expect Greg Popovich to get something done because he is one of the best coaches ever. So... Um, he is going to probably get, uh, you know, his team back on track at some point. And then we have the Golden State Warriors, who are the surprise um, decline um, of this season. And so going into the season, you looked at their lineup, which was um, Steph, and they had um, D'Angelo Russell, they had Willie Cauley-Stein, Draymond Green. Everyone was happy. Clay Thompson would come back by the All-Star break, and they'd be in a good position. But their starting lineup right now is Kai Bowman, Alec Burks, Willie Cauley-Stein, Draymond Green, and Eric Pascal. And uh, don't get me wrong, Eric Pascal is playing great basketball. But, you know, 
overall, they're just not looking like they should be. You know, they're not getting production from the guys that need to get production, you know. And so I think moving forward, um, Golden State's going to have a lot of questions. Um, what do they do with D'Angelo Russell? What do they do with Draymond Green? Because if they are the worst team in the Western Conference coming um, up on the end of the season, is Draymond Green going to want to stay there? Is D'Angelo Russell going to be happy? You know, Steph and Clay aren't going anywhere because they're Golden State for life. But Draymond Green's a one-year, and he could go somewhere else. And so... Um, they're going to have a lot of questions, um, and they've just been losing so many games. They lost to the Pelicans, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, the Rockets. Um, they've lost to the Hornets, the Spurs, the Suns. They've only um, defeated the Pelicans once and the Trailblazers once, and so um, they're not looking so good. And, um, yeah, they're a mess, and they have so many problems, and it's an issue, and who knows how they're going to end up. Um, when it comes time to, um, you know, their season ending. And so um, this is not what we expected. This is um, not the best situation. But um, it definitely is um, something that they're um, going to have to watch. Um, and so I think uh, right now, you know, they don't really look that good. But I think there's um, a lot of uh, questions um, that they'll have to deal with. So... I guess the next thing I want to look at here is the teams at the bottom um, of the um, Western and Eastern Conference, and basically what can they do or what should they do to, you know, improve. And so um, looking at uh, each of those divisions, we'll look at the bottom teams. We'll look at the Knicks. Uh, we'll look at the Detroit Pistons. We'll look at the Chicago Bulls. And then we'll look at Golden State, San Antonio, and Portland. And we'll see, should they keep going in this direction? Should they stay at the bottom, or is there moves they can make to jump themselves above the rest and move into the playoff race? And so um, that's what we're going to be looking at uh, right now. So New York Knicks, um, the New York Knicks right now are um, one of the worst teams in the East. And um, is there really anything that they should be doing um, to make themselves better or can't they kind of just go with the roster that they have? Should they make trades? Should they, you know, do anything to make their roster uh, better? And so I guess uh, the answer to that um, is probably going to be that they should get rid of some of their players um, and specifically, uh, you know, try to get some assets for the future. And so one of those players is Julius Randle, who I think um, – could work on a lot of different teams and I think would um, definitely make a lot of sense um, somewhere else. And so um, I think he is the first um, player that should get moved. So, um, yeah, we're going to see where he should go. I think um, the Knicks, Utah makes a lot of sense um, because Julius Randle can play power forward right next to um, Rudy Gobert, and I think it doesn't mess with his game, so the Knicks and Utah, so Utah would get Julius Randle, they would get Damon Dotson, um, the Knicks would get Dante Exum, Ed Davis, first round pick in 2022, and two second round draft picks in 2021 and 2022, so in this deal, the New York Knicks are getting rid of Julius Randle, they're getting draft picks, 
Uh, Dante Exum is a throw-in. Ed Davis is a good role player. And obviously, the best player goes uh, to Utah, which is um, basically what they're trying to do. So New York Knicks uh, most likely should be sellers because they have a lot of great role players that could help uh, certain rosters. Um, and so I think that's um, a good one for them. All right, Detroit. So the Detroit Pistons, um, I think um, their best situation is probably to um, keep what they have um, and more importantly, move on um, forward with that roster and maybe try to upgrade in some areas if possible. You know, maybe add some pieces to your roster who could potentially um, work out. Um, and so uh, I think there's a lot of assets that they have that, you know, they could use uh, moving forward to maybe go out and acquire, you know, another pr premier player. And I think um, that's, you know, something that I think would really make a lot of sense. Um, and so uh, I think uh, one of those places is um, going to be um, involving um, a few teams here. Um, and uh, one of those is Golden State. So D'Angelo Russell, um, I think, is a great point guard and I think would um, flourish on a roster with, um, you know, a team like that. And so what you would have to basically give up, I guess the best way to put it, is you'd have to give up either Blake Griffin or you'd have to give up Andre Drummond if that's kind of where you're leaning towards. Um, you could potentially, you know, throw in some other players um, to make it work uh, without those two involved. And so I think um, they're going to want to keep Andre Drummond. So here's the deal. Uh, the Pistons will get D'Angelo Russell, Omari Spellman, and Jordan Poole. The Warriors would get Luke Jack, uh, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Thon Maker, Tony Schnell, and two first-round draft picks um, in 2020 and 2022. Now, this is um, a good deal. I think the Pistons get the best player. Um, I think, you know, what the Golden State Warriors get is uh, very, very good. And I think they have um, the talent level needed for, um, you know, a trade of that caliber. I think um, it works out in a lot of ways um, that uh, I think just makes so much sense. Um, and so I think they, uh, it's probably a good deal. And I think both sides would um, definitely uh, benefit um, for sure. Uh, moving on to the Chicago Bulls. So Chicago here, I think they should be buyers. I don't think they should sell. And I think, um, I guess the best place for them to go would be Oklahoma City. So they would be getting Emilio Gallinari, and they would be getting Steven Adams, who are both very, very good. And what they would be giving up is Otto Porter Jr., uh, Chris Dunn, Cristiano Felicio, a first-round pick in 2020, and two second-round picks. So... Um, I think having Steven Adams as your center is better right now than Wendell Carter because it'll give him some time to play off the bench and, you know, basically come and figure out his game. And having a center like Steven Adams, who is a good center and talented and would help, you know, facilitate, makes sense. Um, Danilio Gallinari fits um, 
right where Otto Porter Jr. was staying in that lane. Um, and, you know, they have uh, a lot of point guards, so Chris Dunn is expendable. And so um, on the side of the Thunder, obviously, uh, Porter Jr. gives them a wing that they can use. They get a point guard in Chris Dunn, who's great defensively, and Felicio's a throw-in. And you get a first-round pick to go along with the rest of your first-round picks and some second-round picks to go with the rest of your second-round picks. So I think Chicago is not going to be a seller. I think they're just close enough where they can, you know, jump over that hurdle. And I think it's, um, you know, the best situation for them. And so um, definitely uh, I think they're going to be buyers for sure. Um, and I think they should go and be a buyer. Now moving on to the West, we'll start with Golden State. And so Golden State here, um, they're going to have to get rid of um, a bunch of their players um, for sure. Um, and I think, uh, you know, they should be sellers. And so I think they need to get rid of Draymond Green, who's a one-year contract, and they have to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Um, and I think um, this is the best deals um, that they can do. So um, they're going to make a trade with the Timberwolves for D'Angelo Russell, and they're going to make a trade with the Denver Nuggets for Draymond Green. Um, so from the Timberwolves, they will be uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Poole, and they will be receiving Jeff Teague, Robert Covington, and two first-round picks, 2020 and 2022. Then you have the Nuggets side of things. The Nuggets will get Draymond Green, Jacob Evans, and they will be trading away Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., um, Miles Plumley, and two first-round picks in 2022 and 2024. So, obviously, Denver gets a lot better um, with Draymond Green. Uh, I was going to put Paul Millsap in this deal, but unfortunately, he makes $30 million, and I don't know how the salaries would match. Um, so, uh, we're sticking with um, Miles Plumley. Michael Porter Jr. is a young wing, and Malik Beasley is a young wing, and then draft picks always help. And then on the other side, Timberwolves, they're getting a backup in Jeff Teague, who's very reliable. They're getting Robert Covington, who is um, a reliable small forward, and two first-round draft picks, which it makes a lot of sense. It does. It's a good deal. Um, and I think um, it's uh, a good one for both sides. So, uh, yeah. I like uh, that deal. Then we're going to go to San Antonio. Now, um, San Antonio, this might be a tough pill to swallow, but I think it is um, a necessary pill to swallow. Um, they should sell. They are at a point where they should sell their whole team. They should get rid of those guys. They should start from scratch. They should move on. They should... Yeah, do all that, because um, basically they are, um, t it's time for them to move on from their two superstars, and, um, you know, it makes sense. Um, it's perfect. So um, I think uh, it's about time that they, uh, you know, move on and uh, start anew. And so um, I think uh, this is the best way for them to do that, right? So, um, in this uh, proposed situation, this proposed deal, you're going to see um, the uh, min uh, 
Portland Trailblazers get involved, um, and I'm going to talk more about Portland in a little bit. But Spurs will get involved, Portland will get involved, and here's uh, the basis of this deal. So the Trailblazers will get DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge, Brian Forbes, Jacob Porto, uh, Marco Bellinelli. And um, the Spurs will get Ken Bazemore, Son Whiteside, Rodney Hood, Arfrain Simmons, Nazir Little, Gary Trent Jr., Zach Collins, and three first-round draft picks unprotected, um, 2020, 2022, and 2024. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, why would the Spurs do this? Now, first and foremost, they get rid of DeMar DeRozan's contract and LaMarcus Aldridge's contract, which that's $27 million from Whiteside off the books and $19 million from Kent Bazemore off the books. So uh, let's just say that's good right there. You get four young you know, players, the four young, talented players that Portland has to offer. You get Rodney Hood as a throw-in and a first-round pick, um, three of them, which really can help. On the side of Portland, obviously, you get the best two players, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, you're also getting in uh, Bellinelli as a throw-in, uh, Poodle as a throw-in, and Brian Forbes as a throw-in because of the fact that you're giving away... Um, seven players you need to get at least um you know five guys back in return just based on you know the numbers and so um i think that's uh a good deal so i think um it makes a ton of sense on both sides i think the spurs um they get so much back uh in return um and i think um i think it's something that um would make so much sense uh, for the Spurs. And so if they're looking for something, I think that's the best one. Now, if they just want to do a DeMar DeRozan deal on its own, I think Orlando makes sense because you can get some young players um, to hopefully jumpstart your uh, rebuild. So um, let's throw this one out there. Um, this deal is going to involve... Um, couple of players moving hands. Um, so the Orlando Magic will get DeMar DeRozan, Brian Forbes, and uh, Metu. And the Spurs will get Evan Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, in a first-round pick. So you're getting some youth. You're getting some talent on the Spurs side. And obviously the best player is DeMar DeRozan. So I think that also works. Uh, depends on the situation. So I think the Spurs need to be sellers because the Spurs... They don't really, you know, have a chance at the playoffs this year. So I think being um, in a position where um, you can maybe go out and get rid of some of these guys, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a good one. Now, um, moving on to the Portland Trailblazers here, and this is the last team we're going to look at. And I think they should be big-time buyers, and I think they should be um, – Big-time buyers. I think they're one piece away from being a superstar-caliber team. And so, who do we have in this one? We have um, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers as the team getting involved in this deal. And so, um, right now, this is what we're looking at. So, um, basically, the deal that I have constructed... Um, is going to be um, involving a couple of players. Um, and the Trailblazers are going to get three. Kevin Love, they're going to get 
Tristan Thompson, and they're going to get Jordan Clarkson. And so um, that is what they will get. And what uh, the Cavaliers will get is Hassan Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, uh, Scott Labassiere, and a first-round pick. So um, all three of, uh, or I guess, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Clarkson, one-year deals. Kent Bazemore, Hassan Whiteside are one-year deals. So if you wash those away, it's basically a Kevin Love for a first-round draft pick trade. And so I think, you know, it makes sense um, because, you know, for the Cavaliers, you're getting a pick which you can use in the future. And for the Trailblazers, you're getting, you know, talent. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Clarkson. And I don't think Clarkson and Thompson are going to resign in Cleveland anyways. So I think it works for that. And, you know, you get to clear cap space and start over, you know, officially. You're done with Kevin Love, you're done with the LeBron James era, and it's time to move on. And so I think that's the best situation, and I think that's what they should do. So, um, you know, I think Portland needs to be buyers. I think they need to get another piece because, you know, their wing position needs help. Their forward position needs help. So, yeah, they should be buyers. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Tune in next week for more NBA topic and news.